0: this day the church begins a holy season of prayerful and penitential reflection. Our attention is especially directed to the holy sufferings and death of our Lord Jesus Christ. From ancient times, the season of Lent has been kept as a time of special devotion, self-denial, of humble repentance born of a faithful heart that dwells confidently on his word and draws from it life and hope. May our dear Father in heaven, for the sake of his beloved Son and in the power of his Holy Spirit, richly bless this Lenten Tide, that we may come to Easter with glad hearts and keep the feast in sincerity and truth. Let us now come penitently before him, confessing our sins, and wait upon his promised absolution. O oh, Almighty God, unto whom all hearts are open, before whom all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, you know our sinful nature and how greatly we have sinned against you in thought and word and deed. Hear now our confession, and for the sake of Jesus Christ, have mercy upon us as we acknowledge our sin.
1: We are like dust, and unto dust we shall be.
0: He who has created a broken and a contrite heart within you, receive now in faith his holy absolution through the office by which he is ordained to grant it to you.
2: Upon this your confession, I by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word announce the grace of God unto you and in the stead and by the command of
0: our Lord Jesus Christ I forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God, you despise nothing you have made, and forgive the sins of all who are penitent. Create in us new and contrite hearts, that lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, we may receive from you full pardon and forgiveness, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The church's historic Ash Wednesday readings of Holy Scripture, the Old Testament reading from the second chapter of the prophet Joel, verses 12 through 19. Yet even now, says the Lord, return unto me with all of your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, and relents over disaster. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a cereal offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, call a solemn assembly, Gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children, even nursing infants, and let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber. Between the vestibule and the altar let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep and say, Spare thy people, O Lord, and make not thy heritage a reproach, a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the peoples, Where is their God? And then the Lord became jealous for his land and had pity on his people. The Lord answered and said to his people, Behold, I am sending to you grain, wine, and oil, and you will be satisfied, and I will no more make you a reproach among the nations. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Epistle reading from the 5th and 6th chapters of 2nd Corinthians. We beseech you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled unto God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Working together with him, then, we entreat you not to accept the grace of God in vain, for he says, at the acceptable time I have listened to you, and helped you on the day of salvation behold now is the acceptable time behold now is the day of salvation this is the word of the lord thanks be to god stand in respect of Christ, of whom the Holy Gospel is read. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the sixth chapter. Beware of practicing your piety before men in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father which is in heaven. And thus when you give alms sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may be praised by men truly i say unto you they have received their reward but when you give alms do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your alms may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you and when you pray you must not be like the hypocrites For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by men. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by men. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by men, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. This is the gospel of our Lord. Thanks be to you, O Lord.
2: The sermon text for this Ash Wednesday is from the book of Genesis, the third chapter. These words, Then to Adam the Lord said, Because you have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it in the sweat of your face, then you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and unto dust you shall return." This is our text, Dear Friends and Our Lord Jesus Christ. The year 1871 had a tragic beginning for George Hersey and his family, whoever they may have been. You see, San Francisco records note that on January 8th, just eight days into the new year, Mr. George Hersey died in the county hospital. The records say that he died from the mortal effect of wounds Inflicted by himself, self inflicted mortal wounds. The available genealogical record for this tragic case of Mr. Hersey seems rather thin. What kind of wounds did he self inflict? Why did he do it? Who were the members of his family whose lives would be affected from that time forward in a very definite way for generations then to follow? We just don't know. We don't know. We don't know the details of this tragic event resulting from the self-inflicted mortal wound we don't know, and for most all of us, George Hersey's mortal wound doesn't affect one whit our lives in the way that we live it. For most of us, the mortal wound of Mr. Hersey is simply a trivial tragedy. There is, however, a wound that does affect you and it affects you deeply. And the record of it is not thin. The motive for the wound is biblically clear. Those whom it affects are quite evidently known. The tragic events resulting in the wound of which I speak are not veiled in secrecy or by scarcity of fact. They are though shrouded in shame. I take you back this Ash Wednesday to a time when time was new. And when life was fresh, I take you to a place where conflict knew no place in the lives of creatures newly made. There was no discord and strife, only the harmony of serenity between creature and creature, between creature and God, his creator. Lions lay down with lambs, and truth and peace and life sprang and, and bubbled up, robust. In every place. Life even grew on trees in this garden. Call it Eden. Adam did. But you can't call it home. For no one after Adam ever could. Because you see, Eden is the home of the healthy and the whole. And you and I are children of mortality. We're children of Adam, we're children of the fall. The fall. It seems it was only a piece of fruit that caused it. Why such grave and mortal consequences over a piece of fruit? But Adam's was not just a piece of fruit, it was far more. His was sacramental food, this fruit. Sacramental food for the Lord had attached to the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. His word of command... In his word of promise, he said, don't eat it. Don't eat it, for in the day that you do, I promise you, he said, you will surely die. And in the very day, that most tragic day at the dawn of the race of men, the day that man did take and eat what was not given for him, he most surely did he died. Spiritually, immediately rent from communion with the living God and the God of all the living. Dead was he now in his trespass, dead was he in his sin. Interpersonally, rent from communion with all others. Now at enmity, now hostile was he with fellow creatures, even his wife, even brother and brother. And this because of his trespass, this because of his sin. Physically now, immediately dying was he from the moment that God's no was eclipsed by man's yes. Dying was he and destined for the earth from whence he came. For dead was he now because of his trespasses. Dead was he now. As St. Paul writes, dead are we in body. Because of sin. Thus we heard already tonight from Genesis to Adam, the Lord said, because you have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat of it in the sweat of your face. He said, you shall eat the bread until you return to the ground for out of it. You were taken. Dust you are. And to dust you shall return. Sons of Adam. Adam and daughters of Eve, regard well tonight and know your mortality. You own it, this mortal wound, because by birth and nature, it owns you. Recall what scripture declares, through one man sin entered the world and death through sin and thus death and mortality spread to all because all sinned. By inheritance, you're mortal. And the words that our Lord uttered to Adam in that shattered bliss of Eden, as one has called it. Those words were given to echo throughout all generations of Adam's sons and daughters. Thou art dust, and unto dust thou shalt return. For the soul that sins, Scripture says, shall indeed die. Man's mortal wound self inflicted shared by us all born of Adam and our mother Eve shared by us all now born not in God's but in Adam's image and broken likeness in a rather recent issue of a theological journal one of our Fort Wayne Seminary professors offered quite insightful remarks about the nature of sin and now sinful man and the deep and the integral relationship between them and the depth at which this mortal wound runs in mankind, he says this and consider. He says, Man sinned, and in sinning became a sinner. But also in sinning, man allowed himself to become the agent of sin. And so he says, Sin itself now has an image, sinful man. Sin itself now has an image. Sinful man. And he adds, and through the life and work of sinful man, sin exerts its power in effects in its own kingdom, namely the kingdom of corruption and death. He adds this too, for sin is a power, a power, but not without the form that it takes. And death and corruption, he says, are that form. How deep and how wide the mortal wound. For don't we all know it? Don't we all, every one of us know it? Don't we know well our own personal forms of corruption, our own sin within takes when when we're all about the the thoughts and, and the words and the deeds that are wrong? Don't we know well the interpersonal wreck that our own sin has caused in the form of bitter and inconsiderate words spouted off? In the form of cold and cruel gestures and ingratitude, how deep and how wide man's mortal wound runs. And need, we really be reminded of the deathly form that it takes, this sin. We see it daily in the mirror as daily we see ourselves as we peer in the mirror die just a little bit more. We see it in the empty chairs at holiday meals in the shrinking size of our class reunions. We see it as familiar faces become memories. We feel sin's form of death in vacant minutes and sometimes hours that used to be filled on the telephone or at the kitchen table with our moms and our dads and our grandparents, now returned to the dust. The tragic, universal, mortal, wage and forms of sin. Knowing the paradise that once was, how sad and regretful tonight to consider what now is. Man's self-inflicted, self-inflicting mortal wound. Here once more, though, the good professor, and what finally he has to say. He says, the consequences of the, of the fall are dire. Dire. Man himself, he writes, created for life and blessedness has become a willing vessel of death. Man himself must be reconstructed by him through whom man was made. And this reconstruction is the work of the cross. For my friends you my friends who know the mortal wound well let me tell you also tonight of blessed wounds let me tell you too of wounds that are red and that are rich with life let me tell you today of him who bears those wounds i tell you of god your god God who takes no pleasure in the death of any sinner. God who is gracious and merciful and slow to anger, abounding in love. He would have all men to be saved. Come to the knowledge of him. Friends, tonight I tell you of God's son. Jesus Christ, your Christ. Who lovingly and willingly assumed mortal flesh, your flesh. Who lovingly and willingly assumed mortal sin your sin, so that he could be wounded for our transgressions, so that he could be crushed upon the tree of the cross for our iniquities. By his death, he destroyed him who had the power of death. By his wounds, we are healed. As you picture the blessed wounds of Christ Jesus red with, with healing balm of his forgiving and life giving blood, the legendary image of the Mother Pelican comes to my mind. Maybe you recall it, that that medieval medieval legend of old that that said that the mother pelican would, in times of need, self inflict wounds. Self inflict wounds by pricking her own breast and drawing blood. To feed with her lifeblood her brood. Well, you know, the medieval church, in fact, didn't lose that image. It was not an image lost on the church at all. The 13th century theologian Thomas Aquinas once captured the whole pelican-like, Christ-like image in this sacramental verse. He wrote, Thou, Jesus, like the pelican to feed her brood, Didst pierce thyself to give us living food. Thy blood, O Lord, one drop, has power to win forgiveness for our world and all its sin. Friends, on this Ash Wednesday, we begin the solemn season of Lent. We confess tonight penitently what we are We repent of what we've been. In Christ-given confidence, we take and eat. And we take and drink of the fruit of the cross, of what he is, of what he did, of what he won. Fruit that like those in primal Eden, we in heaven's Eden, by eating it might live. It's fruit that springs from the seed of salvation. The wounds of Jesus Christ. Their life to the mortally wounded. For By his wounds we are healed. In his blessed name, amen.
0: Hear us, O Holy Father, hear us as we confess that by our sin, by our very own sin, we have inflicted mortal wounds upon ourselves, wounds of mortality, which have scarred our lives and so ill-affected the lives of others. Lord, in your mercy, hear our our prayer. prayer. We have sinned against you in our thinking, in our speaking, our doing. We've sinned against you by neglecting to think upon those things that are above and by failing to speak of those things that we know to be true we have sinned against you by not doing the very things you would have us do for the good of others and to the glory of your name we have sinned against you and come now to your throne of grace begging you to have mercy upon us lord in your mercy hear our prayer Hear our prayer and grant us your forgiveness because of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, for by his wounds you have healed us. By his holy wounds you have received the full payment for all of our sins. By his most holy wounds and his suffering and death, you have reconciled us unto yourself that we might call you Father. By his wounds... You have given us life and immortality now and eternally. By his wounds, we therefore beg you, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As we tonight enter the season of Lent and its holy time of repentance and reflection, fix our eyes upon Jesus, that we may find in him our hope, our health, and our life for all of eternity. To that end, bless us as we gather to hear of his holy wounds in the weeks to come. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Be with those who, because of sickness and the frailty of age, cannot be with us, and grant them your comfort in their affliction. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Prepare us, Holy Father, to receive the precious gift of your Son's very body and blood, and by it keep us through earth's many Lenten seasons unto that day, when all that is mortal gives way to that which is immortal, Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all glory and honor now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up unto the Lord. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is meet and right, so to do. It is truly meet right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who overcame the assaults of the devil and gave his life as a ransom for many that with cleansed hearts we might be prepared joyfully to celebrate the Paschal Feast in sincerity and truth. And therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name evermore, praising you and saying,
3: oh, 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 hey, oh, oh.
0: King of all creation, for you have had mercy on us and given your only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. In your righteous judgment, you condemned the sin of Adam and Eve, who ate the forbidden fruit, and you justly barred them and all their children from the tree of life. And yet, in your great mercy, you promised salvation by a second Adam your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and made his cross a life-giving tree for all who trust in him. We give you thanks for the redemption that you've prepared for us through Jesus Christ. Grant us your Holy Spirit that we may faithfully eat and to drink of the fruits of his cross and receive the blessings of forgiveness, life, and salvation that come to us in his holy body and blood. And hear us now as we pray. and the glory forever and and ever amen our lord jesus christ on the night when he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said take and eat this is my body which is given for you this do in remembrance of me in the same way also he took the cup after supper And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do, as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. The gifts of God for the people of God.
3: Oh, Christ! Oh
0: my work, O Lord, and for my sake you were crucified. By your wounds and work, O Lord, I am saved and saved. Abide with us, Lord, for it is toward evening and the day is far spent. Abide with us and with your whole church. Abide with us in the end of the day, in the end of our life, in the end of the world, Abide with us with your grace and goodness, with your holy word and sacraments, with your strength and blessing. Abide with us when the night of affliction and temptation comes upon us, the night of fear and despair when death shall come. Abide with us and with all the faithful through time and eternity. Amen. The Lord bless you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen.